I don't mind talking about the mistake. As soon as it happened, I said to Fred, oh, goodness, <laughs> I've made a mistake. <laughs> you said goodness. I did. I said, oh, goodness, Fred, <laughs> I've made a mistake. And I missed sure your did. gold, your hilarious. Dan is a hilarious extra to the show. And I missed it. Yeah, he is the day before. It's extra. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, I said to Fred. (laughs) Something my mother would say. I know. I don't know if the word goodness has ever come out of my mouth, but in this particular particular bit. Goodness gracious me. Goodness gracious, Fred. Are you going to join us? Sometimes Fred just lays back for the first 30 seconds. He just likes to... Well, there it. hasn't been one moment there that I could interject. Well, what do you say? Goodness gracious, great balls of Never. fire? No, I usually say shit or, ah, oh, fuck, or... I may have said Jesus, that. Or Jesus Christ. That's one, of my, that's one of my go-tos. Jesus Christ. I may be exaggerating when I said, I said, goodness, Fred, I made a mistake. And I said, ah, fuck. Let's start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our cottage-like Brampton facility, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. And now here are two men who have their lightsabers out and are ready for a Star Wars marathon. All 27 hours of movies will take them right into Friday so they can stock up on supplies for the Coronation, Golf, the Kentucky Derby, and the Sunday Leafs game. A big weekend for the boys. May the fourth be with Humble and Friends. I was wondering what you were talking about there. Why was there a huge pause at the beginning of your intro? I'm curious. Was that just for dramatic? Okay. <laughs> I had the wrong screen up on the computer. I couldn't find it. I liked it. Actually, things got very dramatic there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, big show today. Good to have everybody with us. Uh, Leafs tonight. Leafs again on Sunday because Saturday night, as we've explained, uh, in, or whoever, whatever network wanted the ESPN, ABC wanted the television. So that's that. Um no Dan news today. Another uh, day with no Dan. All this, hopefully, It'll the be last. Back next week. Back right. next week. Yeah. All That's right. Something to look forward to there. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Great. There'll faith. be lots, lots to talk about after the weekend. All this mm. stuff happening. Uh, like what? All what stuff? The stuff he just mentioned. Um, okay. The coronation. A couple of Leafs games. Uh, the okay. fact that weather's turned from just, well, today's going to be a bit iffy, but it is a beautiful morning. Can we just acknowledge, because we always complain, but it is a beautiful morning so far. Okay, let me just throw this at you, right? Uh, the Daily Mail of London a survey of uh, apparently 14 countries who remain part of the Commonwealth. Uh, seven want out, including Canada right now. 43% of Canadians want out of the monarchy. Only 23% want to keep it. The rest undecided, of course. But um, they would almost need all those undecided people to choose to stay within it uh, to create a majority. So, Serious question. Uh, is there a voting? Will there be a vote in parliaments in these places? Oh, no, no, no. No, they say Canada's a long way away from that. But just saying, polling the people, the general public in Canada, mm. 
almost half now say, yeah, I want out. But those in favor is less than 25%. You get a lot of people go, I don't care. I don't give a shit. And those 25% are people in their, you know, 70s and 80s. It's like, oh, it's just love having the queen and the king and the king and the queen. And you're like, this. And there's a movement now taking, uh, there's a movement taking, uh, hold in uh, Britain right now that this be the last coronation ever. Oh. I, I think what they call them, some Republican thing they call themselves. Um, but they want this to be the last coronation and will peacefully work towards that end. Well, that's all a lot of uh, great information there, Frederick. Mm. Federico. I wonder how would we, would, we would work that in Canada. Like without, without the, you know, I mean, the structure. Of uh, Parliament and everything else is all centered around the 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 you know like your allegiance to whatever right the the king or yeah but you can <laughs> yeah like Jamaica bailed and they kept their form of government basically I'm sure we would keep the parliamentary well, system yeah we'd but. keep the system Dan but we would yeah. switch our allegiance to something that all Canadians agree on which is Tim Hortons so they would they would take <laughs> so yeah. we, would, we would then go from being a uh, un, uh, under the monarchy to under the uh, Timarchy or whatever uh, and we would every day we would little children would swear allegiance to Tim's. I thought you were going to say the beaver. Mm. Oh, the beaver. Beaver would be good, too, Dan. Beaver, I went, I, I went a different uh, route. I went to, I was thinking Canadian Tire. What's more Canadian than Tim's? Oh, uh, well, Tim's isn't Canadian. <laughs> I know. They're owned I by know. American interests. Yeah, well, I'd like uh, to okay, keep oh, the facts yeah. straight. Yes. Yes, we have to have the facts when we're being insane. <laughs> um, here's a little bit. You know, okay, wait, are you done with the monarchy for now? Uh, yes, uh, yes, we would become a republic. I mean, I would vote in favor of leaving. You know that. I know. I don't know how you guys would vote, but yeah, that's, uh, I just uh, saw those statistics on the heels of what we talked about yesterday. Uh, that's it. Yeah, basically. Well, first of all, I don't know how, that's why I asked you. There's no vote. I would vote. Let's get, let's get on with it. Obviously mm-hmm. I have no allegiance. You know, I just said I like the crown and all of a sudden I'm a monarchist in your eye, in your eyes. No, I like the crown too. <laughs> Um, we would we would become a republic. Okay, good. I'm in. Let's do it. And uh, not the Dominican Republic. We'd become. Oh, we'd be Canada a different republic. Yeah. I see. Yes. So we yeah. okay. wait a second. Just Hang so on. You know. <laughs> wait a minute. Just clear that up for me. So we would not yeah. become the Dominican Republic. No. Oh. <laughs> I just or, thought when you heard that word republic, your mind would go there. Oh, oh no! Exactly. We, you mean we'd become the, rep- uh, the Dominican, Dominican republic? republic and have a place we could vacation? Oh, okay. So yes, that's what my mind went to. So we're not going to become uh, one uh, one republic. <laughs> Banana Republic? Are we're we not going to become the, uh, republics? This, you, wait a second. This won't become our national anthem? One Republic, Canada. Not the Dominican Republic. And of course, it's a perfect song for our country. Apologize. Boom, 97.3. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought for sure that was going to be the post. Okay, here we go. Jesus Christ, son uh, of a bitch. Goodness gracious. <laughs> when did they get to the part where they say, too late to apologize? It's perfect. This actually should be the Canadian national anthem. Anyway. Who, who, who is this? One Republic. No, I don't know. You, you do know. Here's the thing. I you, don't know this. You do know this. Listen to the hook. Here, hang on. Huge hit. Dan, do you know this song? 
Yeah, of course. Played yeah. it over and over again. Yeah. And when you were at uh, Morning Man Station. Yeah, Morning Man. Yeah. Well, I don't know this song. Isn't that crazy? You know what? Yeah. I think you'd like it. It's It was kind of like mm-hmm. a poppy... I don't know where else it was. It would have been uh, CHFI, Chum FM. Boom. Well, I, I sure, I'm sure Doll knows that she's got Virgin on in her. Yeah, car. absolutely. And that's why I thought, because it's One Republic, Apologize is the name of the song, which is perfect for Canada. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, sometimes, and, you know, I've been known to be a bit impatient, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have. And for uh, the better part of six and a half years, I've lived in this neighborhood now. And just down the street is a uh, pet value where I have shopped for Stan's pet food. Oh, by the way, sorry, Dan. Is it okay if I talk about my dog? I know you're still getting Yeah, yeah, and okay. That's fine. I know you're still yeah. in yeah, mourning. I, I am. Yeah. I know you're sitting dog yeah. shiva. It's only my dog. Other dogs. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And, Stan, you, yeah, and Stan loves you. You love Stan. Yeah, I do. In fact, sometimes when you're in the house, I call him Stan Duran. Did you know that, Fred? I, no. <laughs> I do. I call him. <laughs> For the better part of six years, I've been going to get a, a bag of dog food every month and a half, and it's about 90 bucks for that size of dog food. For Stan, it lasts about six weeks. And every time I've been there for six years, they've said, do you want to p- sign up for our program? And you get to get a free bag of dog food. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I haven't got time. I'm too, I'm too busy right now. Because they, they'll just, and they've been asking me for six years for my phone number. So I sign up, and then every 10th bag of dog food you buy, you get a free one. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Because I'm too impatient. Jesus. I know. Goodness gracious. Until 10 bags of dog food ago, I finally said, all right, mm-hmm. let me just sign up, you know, because I, I, I'm impatient at times. And sure enough, two days ago, the Howman got his free bag of dog food. And I just wanted to say, patience has paid off for me. Thank you. I'll take questions now. <laughs> yeah, that would have uh, really been a pain in the ass. When you ultimately signed up, it was relatively uh, painless, was it not? <laughs> you would just gave them my phone number. So yeah, what happens geez. is every, every time you go in to buy a bag, you say... Mm-hmm. They, they, they say, do we have your phone number? I say, yes, I do. Yes, you do. And here it is. Here's it. And then you just give it to them. It's literally a 15-second exchange that I thought was too cumbersome for me. And whenever you walked out after probably, probably being somewhat, no, I don't have time, um, <laughs> somewhat rude, they probably thinking, what is with that fucking guy? We're offering him something free. <laughs> I, know, I know. And he's, he's actually getting mad at us. A loyalty thing. Hey, you, so do you, you know what? Wasn't first, first of all, I'll go with that. I'll go. Yes, I was like, ah. Well, you, you should. No, no, I didn't say that. But I just know that your tone would have been, no, 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 I don't have time for that. Okay, sorry, okay. Dan, please. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah. okay sir. Okay, sir. Take it easy. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go with your little bit there. Uh, Dan, what was your uh, question, uh, comment? So it wasn't even one of those little, like, uh, business card size things where they stamp or... or no, just, no. It was, it was literally even just... Even less hassle than that. Wow. <laughs> okay. It was literally... Listen, I, I'm a, I brought yeah. this up. I, yeah. I admit that that little bit of impatience has cost me a free mm. bag of dog food Every 10 bags, which is, I would say, every year, I could have had five free bags of dog food. Mm -hmm. But having just finished my first one, it's taught me a lesson. Hey, listen, if he got that pissed for his phone number, can you imagine if they said, sir, you just take this little card. I don't want that card. What do I want the card for? (laughs) (laughs) Do you get a free dog treat on your birthday? Uh uh, no, I, they don't have a... Uh, although, I, we should probably give you a free dog treat on his birthday. The last time I was involved in something like that, remember for a while, Coffee Pod 
little stores were popping up. They're all gone. As quick as they came, they're gone. What do you mean? Like pod stores? Like Keurig pod stores? Yeah, like Keurig pods. You'd walk in and they'd have the shelves and you can get all the different makes and all the different kinds and you Mm. bought it, you know, per pod or by the box. And there was a few of them around. There was one down here. The guy didn't last long, but he did that. He stamped it. But it took forever to get Mm. anything free out of them. And it was like, and I got to admit, it got to the point where every time I bought some, it would be, do you have a card? And I'd be fumbling, looking for the card, and I'd have to throw it down on the desk. And part of me's thinking, Jesus Christ, you're doing this, but when do I get the free stuff? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can relate. I slapped him once. I slapped him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, I, 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 that's why I wanted to bring it up, because I thought, this is ludicrous. For the sake of me giving them my phone number six years ago, Anyway, I got my first bag. This is that. But so let's move on. Dan's last day at uh, what's her name? Um, uh, what do you call her? Bur- Beth Bethel or Burl? What's Fred? Hazel. Hazel. Mm-hmm. Burl. Uh, this is your last day at uh, what's this woman's name? Cecile. Oh, Cecilia. Oh, 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 oh. Hazel. So what uh, what ceremony have you planned? Is there a ceremony? Will you uh, have oh, there's a parade? <laughs> That's right. Whenever Dan leaves a residence, there's always a parade. I love this song, actually. So this is Dan's last day on the job site. Yeah, she lives in a condo, and she probably has a little community of friends there, so she'll probably have an open house, invite everyone down to see the finished product. They'll have cheeses, you know, crackers, maybe some wine. Some nice snacks. I can see that happening. Yeah. Dan, would you go to that? Well, he'll be nope. there. He's, what do you mean, nope? <laughs> no. Dan. No. No, she'll, she'll schedule an open house once everything's done. Oh, once clean. it's all done. Because yeah. here's the thing. We mock oh. it at times, but Dan's probably done an amazing job. And I would love, being serious for a second, I would love for you... To show us some pictures, you know, maybe not everyone because we don't want them, you know, going over yeah, to the yeah. seals. But I, I would love to see the, some of the, the no, stuff. Well, you've I done. will. I, I did took I, I took the befores, so I've got the befores and the afters. Would now. love that, so, Dan. Yeah, I got to love the it, and so would he. Uh, well, I said that to Dan yesterday. I bet it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and she's uh, been living there a whole time, so that takes a little extra time to keep everything clean, right? So. There's, there's that, and uh, well, she's always coming on the. Oh sure. yeah, <laughs> That's, I used to say that too all the time. So what are you guys doing over there during the breaks? You and this eighty-two-year-old here, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he doesn't want any part of that kind of no carrying on. No. <laughs> um. Well, that's good, Dan. Congratulations to you. Yeah. And uh, Dan Duran, uh, whatever your company, uh, Renault Company is called. But good for you, Dan. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. <clears throat> Dan Duran can. Yeah. I love that. The name of the construction. Mm-hmm. That should be your Instagram account. Yeah. Dan Duran can. Dan Duran can. What, what, and then you ask the question, what can Dan Duran do? Dan Duran can do everything. Mm-hmm. Ah. Dan Duran can. Who can take a condo <laughs> that looks a little like <laughs> poo? <we> <laughs> Put a few baseboards and some bathrooms as well. Dan Duran can. Oh, Dan Duran can. Wow. If you've got seven months to spare. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
There was no deadlines. And, if you have no uh, deadlines, uh, and you I, hey, I may have a movie to do or something. You know, that's I right. Take, I know. What takes priority? You know, there's things. I may have to take a vacation or two here and there, and there may be a COVID or something. And I I'm surprised Fred didn't like the Dandoran Can song. I mean, because that's right up I his alley. Like no, no, let me. Who said I didn't like? Well, usually if you like something, here. you'll you'll sing along with it. He didn't take a verse. Well, the problem is, if I start singing along and I don't know your, you know, what words are coming out, then it just becomes a mashup, and I don't want to do that. No, I understand. Come on, I figure understand. it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Hey, just I to will. back up a bit, when you were making that, when you were talking about going to get the food, the dog food, yes, I'm thinking that le- that was leading up to a tipping story, like you know, somebody gave me a bag no. of food, now I have to tip them. No, sir. Like, you know, if a kid carries a big bag of uh, food out to your car or something, you throw them a tip. But it's, I, I, I wonder if we're going to get to that point where in retail like that, there'll be a tip jar for good, like stuff, uh, stuff other than food or consumables, you know? I, I mean, you know, I'd say it's an interesting question and I'd ask the question, why not? I mean, if you're, why is it that we're just conditioned to tip for food service? But not the guy that does your breaks. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. That's the question, which leads to this story I, uh, I, I was reading about yesterday. A sushi uh, restaurant in uh, Montreal, Howard, is now, now this must be a high level thing. All their staff, their wait staff are going to make $80,000 a year. Wow. $80,000 a year with benefits. And the guy that's doing this, he says he can see the food industry moving this way because it's so hard to keep help now for that reason. They get minimum wage, you know, tips are up and down. So he says, I have a professional product. So now I'm going to present it like a professional product. These people are going to be my employees. And I think tipping is going to be optional in the restaurant. You'll be told that. And these people will be treated like bona fide like professionals yeah yeah like that's his whole spin professional restaurant professional image professional employees and i just i would say how many he probably don't listen a sushi restaurant you don't need he's not gonna have 10 people making 80 grand a year but how many employees is he talking about three or four two or three imagine yeah i don't know that number but it's called sushi by scratch and uh, yeah he obviously he does well but you wouldn't have to pay them Eighty thousand if it's a high end restaurant, but what about forty, forty five thousand, fifty, and then some tipping? So this restaurant here on the Queensway, here like it's in it's in a nondescript little section about two blocks east of me, and it is a very very high end. Like there's the sushi to go place that Dan and I have gone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this sushi place Kaji, it's called K. Go look it up if you want. You know, I've had when during the pandemic, they had this sort of sample platter for a hundred bucks, 150, whatever, if you wanted a little bit more, mm-hmm. but their but their menu, when you, when you go there to eat, it's like a set menu. And I think the minimum is like 150, 175, like it's really, yeah. really high end, but it's one of those not quite Michelin stars, but close right. to it. So he's making enough. He would probably be making enough money to pay somebody a real wage. Well, that would be the thing. At $80,000 a year, though, it's like you, you have to think the menu is shocking or the menu is about to get you know, more. What's it called? Sushi by scratch? Expenses. Yeah, sushi by scratch. and Sushi by scratch, Montreal. Webs. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's pretty high, yeah, it's pretty high end. Yeah. You can see it right away, well, just the way it's presented. 
That's so all. You, even the busboys would get eighty then. Don't know. Well, oh, then there's one. Here's boy. the thing. There's one in Montreal, Miami, Austin, Los Angeles, yeah. Chicago, Seattle. But uh, I'm just looking for the menu here. Reservation doesn't doesn't even mm. have the menu. I don't think. Oh, yeah, it's a Michelin. It says the Michelin Guide, Montecito. Right. So. Isn't that interesting? The, the, the point being, with a guy like that, obviously he's crunched the numbers. It's like you get, you're going to get everybody applying for that job, like all the best waiters, you know what I mean, and whatever you put them through to decide who you're going to hire. Yeah. But once you once they're hired, you pretty much got them, don't you? And you know you're not going to have to worry about these people not showing up or not coming in or having an attitude or whatever. So you see where. You know, I'm, so I found their their menu. And you know when, a, when you look at a restaurant, it has like how many dollars signs uh, expensive? <laughs> like there's one or two. This is just got, I think there's five here. It goes right um, off the page. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it doesn't even tell you, but I can tell you it's pretty. The way it's, I can just see some of the pictures of the food. It's very expensive. You got to put a deposit down before you get in. Funny you say that. Uh, reservation for parties of one to 10, 25. So, <laughs> yes, you have to put a $25 deposit down just to make a reservation. Wow. Yeah, yeah dudes. Um, okay. Uh, so we've gone from Dan, who's working for Cecilia. You've talked about uh, Asian food, um, sushi. I went for a massage. There's a place around the Queensway I've been going to for years. It's uh, they, you, they've got two types of massage. It's not a rub and tug, by the way. I'm just letting, oh. just letting you know that now. But yeah, you can do. I was going but you can do. Oh, just Dan, please. <laughs> I know. I've you, told you. So. No, I told you why I don't go to rub and tugs on the Queensway because I don't want to be over at you know uh, Baskin and Robbins one night and run into the person and she's like, "Hey, I know you." Or anyway. pet value. Or pet value. <laughs> Why would he go to a rowing dog when he could just stick his dick in that chair he's got? <laughs> Great point. Great point. Good point. Good point. So you had a massage. No Good. way. Okay. I know. I love this. What I love is like, I sometimes wonder, like, we've had a couple of new sponsors and some people thinking what? about sponsoring the show. I just wonder, <laughs> wonder if they ever tune in and go, I'm not sure about this show. Hey, we're, but as I said to a potential client the other day, you understand what we do. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go to this place and they have uh, some you can you can uh, do. Uh, what am I trying to say? You can they have like registered massage where you can you can put it in for your your benefits like we do with the chamber plan. Mm. But in most benefit plans, after you get to, I think, two or three hundred dollars, you have to, you, you know, right. it doesn't matter. So I go to this place and I've been going for years. And mm. to be fair, I'm going to I don't this is just I don't know how to present this, but the woman does not speak. The woman at the reception doesn't speak English. She knows me because she's seen me for six years. So I come in. I make my appointment with the, uh, the attendant who I, I come to with all the time. Her name is Lily. She barely speaks English. So I walk in, and the woman at the reception, Jennifer, says, Hello, Howard. You know, and, and that's about as much as she can say. And I say, Oh, I've got to use the washroom. And as she's walking me down the hall to the washroom, <laughs> she says what I sound. It sounds to me like she says, You need number, you need number two? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm like, what you, cause what she was saying is you in two, but it sounded like oh, you need right. two. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. 
just, it's just one of those moments. It's just like, I need to use the washroom. You need to? I'm like, uh, I, no, I just want to take a number one. <laughs> anyway, I just thought you boys would find that humorous. Oh, Fred's uh, frozen up now. Everyone, no, you're fine, but Fred's frozen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you yeah. can still but see that's a good. that's a good free, uh, Fred freeze. A good Fred freeze. Right it is. There. It's like... It's like a sitcom. That's like one of those moments where we're going to go humor. There he is. He's back now. Yeah, that's weird. You in two? What? I don't. I don't think I want to tell you if I need a number two or not. What? I almost wanted to say why is the toilet plugged or is there some reason we can't do number twos in here? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just a little. Well, I thought. What is the nationality again of the woman? Um, Chinese. I would say yes. Oh, I think you were leading up to. Oh, now I'm going to learn Chinese, so when I go there, I can. Talk to them. No. Which, having, which wouldn't surprise me. Having enough trouble with Spanish. Uh, Are anyway. you excited about Cinco de Mayo tomorrow? That's all Cinco de Mayo, isn't it? I mean, Mayo. You know what? Muy feliz, Dan. Muy, ex, you know, uh, it's a mm. muy festi, festiva, uh, divertido. It's exciting. It's going to be a party, me and all my Spanish friends. Um, should we start? To, well, Dan, I feel bad because we got to send you on your way. We have so much to discuss and uh, we miss you when you're not here. But congratulations on finally finishing this thing. I know yeah, it's moving been, on. Yeah. And I moving know it's yeah, been on, stressful yeah. for you. And Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, and it's been an interesting journey for me. So, okay. yeah. And I got to spend time in, in your place with you. And oh, fantastic. You know, learn things about you. You've learned a lot. Uh, what the next time somebody says, "Will you renovate my condo?" You'll say, "No, no." <laughs> oh no! I thought he was going to say, I, "I've learned a lot about you." Like uh, you need to have the cupboards closed, and uh, yeah, you're you know, more uh, dishes put away than I thought. Yeah, well, I'm curious. Video. Over at, at Lisa's house, do you just leave the cupboards open and your dishes everywhere? Is that cool? Because maybe Lisa and I should talk before you. Yeah, no, make she, that. she leaves the cupboards open. <laughs> maybe I should talk to Lisa before she has you over there as a permanent. Yeah. Resident. Okay, well, you should have a talk, then. I yeah. should. Uh, you know, just girl to girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, listen, Dan Duran will be back with the news next week. It is uh, always a pleasure to have him host this pro or be part of the program. And I promise to sp- uh, display the uh, proper to play, extra. Play yesterday's yeah. today. I should. No, I'm going to play yeah, today's when you send it, I promise. Well, I did, we didn't use yesterday's, so I used yesterday's today. I don't, know uh, I don't know where it is. Resend it to me. I'll send it to you. Yeah, okay. Thank all you. Right. Appreciate okay. you, Dan Duran. You guys too. Have a good See weekend. See you, Dan. Good humble. I'm going to call you later. Okay. Yeah, you Can't guys got that. some uh, roof. Yeah, get Dan over there to Trailer fix your roof. Trailer talk. Oh, yeah. yes. Trailer talk. Well, good luck with that too, Dan. Okay. Dan needs a new caravan. <laughs> uh, why did your uh, feed freeze there, son? Oh, uh, who knows? Don't know. All right. Is, are you back to normal now? You're all right? Yeah. I don't know. Something going on in the area, right. maybe. We- we got a lot of uh, a couple of interesting uh, things to talk about. The Leafs, and I have an observation about a uh, Leaf uh, super superstar from days gone by. I'm just curious if you saw it, and I will reveal the connection that I have to the Florida Panthers. Plus, I just received this in my inbox: a breakdown of the most expensive NHL cities to see hockey games and fantastic, enjoy, and jo- and enjoy some treats along the way. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I could say guess who's at the top, like the most expensive, but I think everybody yeah, already knows be. that. I, I'm, I'm curious. But anyway, who, who, sent it, who sent it to you? Uh, 
Some kind of a promo All right, company cool. or something. Betway or something. Nice. Research from Betway or something. Well, let's uh, continue to uh, help and, and thank the people that are helping us supporting this program, Frederick. Like the retirement Sherpa, Tim, a uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. Sherpa-sizing your home was the topic yesterday. You know, taking the equity out of your home to do things in your later life that you've always wanted to do if you don't have the cash at hand. I mean, a lot of people think about this. You sell your big uh, home that's too big for you and your wife now, your empty nesters, and you downsize and uh, put that cash to good use. I mean, there's a way to do it, a lot of things to think about. And, uh, you know, if you're in that position, uh, you might want to talk to the Sherpa, let them have a look at your portfolio and see where uh, you want to go from there. Uh, He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. We've been, uh, speaking of the Sherpa, we've been talking to uh, you about the idea of talking to your Sherpa or even the retirement Sherpa about this company, Boron One, uh, formerly known as Aaron Ventures, but you can go to AaronVentures.com and still find out more about them. They're an emerging international junior mining company. They're involved in the exploration and acquisition and development of resource properties, but right now the uh, big buzz at Aaron or Boron One is Boron. They're trying to get it out of the ground, and they have one of the uh, only five places on the earth that has a, a commercial boron viability. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves. So this could help increase the reserves of your portfolio, if you get what I'm saying. Go and check it out yourself or have your Sherpa do it, AaronVentures.com. Uh, after this leaf talk, I've got a little uh, little Beatles thing for you. I put aside for uh, today. I thought you'd find uh, this something a little, you know, just a little musical for us that you will enjoy. I promise. Oh, nice! I like that. So uh, you and I, uh, you know, we don't really talk much hockey during the year, but I've enjoyed our chats. I really have, by the way. I'm being sincere. I know it sounds like I'm. Yes, I've enjoyed it because I. I enjoy your perspective, and now that I have some reference or some context for it, mm-hmm. you know, when you guys, sometimes we have you got Merrick or somebody on this show talking hockey, and I'm like, yeah, I don't really have any context because I haven't followed the team much, but now having followed them for at least seven games, mm-hmm. I'm curious, uh, you said to me to start our discussion this morning, you said... Uh, from what perspective? Well, you just said about tonight's game, The you you think the Panthers are big, strong, and you don't know if the Leafs can hold well, them let off. Me, let me take it back to the beginning. Um, as a, you know, I will follow the NHL during the regular season, generally. And one thing that I had noticed about a month before the season ended was the Florida Panthers caught fire. Now, this is a team that last year won the President's Trophy, had the most points in the NHL, and then actually added... Matthew to Chuck. Now, it was a big trade with Calgary and everything, and you might, yeah, at the end of the day, balance it out. Well, I think Florida obviously won the trade. So theoretically, they're a stronger team, but they struggled during their regular season. But again, about a month before the season ended, they were out of a playoff spot, but then they caught fire. And that is why when the playoffs started, I made the point not to, you know, blow my own horn. I said, people might want to take a look at this Florida-Boston series. Florida could surprise them. Bingo, bango, bongo, they did. So now a lot of people were almost 
thrilled that the Leafs were going to play Florida instead of Boston. Well, the thing is, Florida beat Boston and, you know, won three straight to win that series. And they just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So my point is now, game two tonight, the Leafs pretty much have to win it again like they did against Tampa Bay. My question is, do they have it within them? Do they want to? push back enough against this team because every shift's a, a war against these guys and that's that is my concern now we're going to find out about that maple leaf intangible can they do they want to deal with what's in front of them over to you well we're going to get into this thing you told me about merrick and the other guys that are smart sports guys but first of all to comment on chick to chuck to chuck mm-hmm as I said to a buddy of mine yesterday, the guy's a fucking beast. The thing that they have that's hard to uh, to fight against is that they're not just big guys. They're big guys with speed. The line that you mentioned, you said that one line beat us. What line is that? Was that to Chuck? To Chuck and Cousins and uh, who's the other guy in that line? Is it Verhage? Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What I would say, because I thought, again, I don't have the same context as you. I just thought versus the effort that I've seen them give in those six games against Tampa Bay, I, I didn't think the Leafs had a terrible game. I mean, uh, you said Liddell, your buddy, you know, neighbor John, said they took 15 minutes off. But I would say my concern is I didn't think they played horribly and they got kind of pushed around. You know, they had some nice opportunities, but two things go against them. One is that goalie. You know, he, the story of him getting hot at this time of the year, that's tough. And to, he has uh, a history of that. You know, mm-hmm. again, I'll just finish by saying that mm-hmm. the Leafs could play great and still get beat. Yeah. I, and, and what is great? You know, it all depends on what's in front of you. Uh, I th- What I noticed about Florida the other night, and I just wish the Leafs could be like this. They didn't take one shift off. Yeah. You just never got the impression that they let up at all. Now, there were moments there where the Leafs took control of the game, but Florida was just in it at all those moments. I don't know. It's just, you know, maybe that's the makeup of this Leaf team. They need to be pushed against the wall or something before they respond. But look what Florida did. They were down 3-1 to Boston. So, I don't know. They... Against this team, this style of play, you don't want to go to Florida down to nothing because if you talk about that size and strength and speed of Florida, you know, if they're unlike the Leafs, they're ready to go for the kill. <laughs> like the Leafs have had trouble over the past seven years, other than that night in Tampa on Saturday or whatever it was. You don't want, you don't want to be in a position where Florida can go up three games to none at home. You know, no, that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that would be the end. Of it. So you were mentioned to me before the show, Merrick and a couple other, you know, guys like you with a good hockey sense. Their 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 feeling was that it wasn't a good Leaf game. No, the Leafs didn't really show up for the game based on what they believe they are capable of. And I was surprised even more. So that seemed to be the consensus even beyond the way I felt. You know, Carlo Coliacolo, I listened to him yesterday morning on TSN 1050, and then Jeff O'Neill's back on TSN, and those guys, it was like, you know, mm-hmm. expected more. 
Speaking of that, uh, I never tuned in, but uh, you said Will Arnett was on uh, Overdrive with the boys? Yes, he was, yeah. Uh, you missed it. Uh, before game one, they did this little collage, this little thing of highlights from yeah, yeah. both teams' series, and Will Arnett narrated it. So somehow they got a hold of him, and he came on the show to talk about his history as a Maple Leaf fan. And and I went, I, once I got your note, I thought to myself, you know, Will Arnett grew up here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, I don't know when he left, but if he was here at any time during the 90s, he certainly was here during the 80s with no CFNY. A guy like that would have had, probably that would have, would have been something in his, you know, in his... Uh, well, apparently he moved to New York in 1990. Okay, but he would definitely know when CFNY. he was 20. I would think so, yeah. Because so I know, listening to Smart, Smartless, he sure does have an appetite for alternative music and right. the bands that mm. CFNY and the Edge play. So what I thought was, uh, if he could get on uh, Overdrive with TS, at TSN, you know, is there any way we could sort of, I don't know, ask? You know, we're, we're not friendly enough with What's-His-Face Hayes, but it would be interesting to see, just to reach out and say, how did you do that? Well, I think I know how he did it. They got Will Arnett, you know, Hockey Night in Canada speaks. As Will Arnett said... One of the biggest thrills he's ever had is when Ron McLean said his name. Imagine that. <laughs> no, not great. You know, so the power that that, so they've reached out to him. Sure. To narrate this thing. It's Hogging in Canada. He listens, you know, he perks up. So Hogging in Canada, right? Owned by Rogers. They share the Leafs. You know what I mean? So now all of a sudden that contact is, contact is in that world and they jump on it. How you would get that content? Because you know, if we interviewed Will Arnett, it would it would be a little wider than it was last night with those guys, obviously. So back to the Leafs and momentum. Here's what I would say, and I wrote this down. Mm-hmm. The Leafs need, and I, you know, by the way, it wasn't until just honestly recently I'd ever heard the term puck luck. It just wasn't part of me growing up around hockey. I don't know. Was it with you? I, oh, I yeah. never heard. Oh it. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a. It wasn't a yeah. phrase I heard, and I played from the time I was five to seventeen. Anyway, oh, when I first heard it, I don't know, but I, you know, whatever. But but I love the phrase puck luck now because it mm. it it remind it, it, it. Here's the thing about again. I know I use golf as an analogy, but what they need is a couple little breaks to go their way. They need a break. They need things to break their way a little bit. As opposed to breaking away from them. There were, say, okay, I'll, I'll give you guys that you maybe in your minds, they didn't play up to their potential, but I keep saying this. I don't think they played horribly and they had lots of chances. The goaltender robbed them several times, but there were a few times where that puck luck could have gone their way. And the reason I say this is because when things break your way, it has a tendency to break momentum for your opponent. That's true. You and I talked about this yesterday. They had two uh, power plays in that first period the other night that could have taken the game to a different momentum. It could have given them some momentum that they should have scored at least one of them. There was one of those power plays. They had a, a bunch of chances. If they had scored once, it might have taken the game in a different direction. That's all I'm saying. No, I know. But puck luck, they had some pretty good puck luck in the Tampa series. No, I know. Well, all three of those overtime goals were like, wow, that was fortunate. You know? Absolutely. But, but there was lots of times, by the way, in that Tampa series where it didn't mm-hmm. go their way. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, you know, Tampa outplayed them in that series. I mean, you want to get into analytics. You know, other than the scores, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Tampa mm-hmm. outplayed them, which is a bit of a concern. Yeah, I'd say. Now against this team. It just is. Um, but the puck luck thing, yeah, and, you know, and there's that old adage that, you know, you got to be good to be lucky, lucky to be good. So do you make your own puck luck, I guess, on some level? But you've, they've just got to come out every shift. You, you know that, again, an old saying in hockey, you got to win every shift. they got to come out with that attitude. You can't take shifts off. Did you see that part of the game? They are talking about this yesterday, too, where William Nylander had it in the corner and he brought it out. And it was wide open in front of the net. Instead, mm-hmm. he skated back to the blue line. No, I know. You know, that was sliced and diced and analyzed yesterday. Okay, maybe he didn't see that opportunity, but that seems odd. It's almost like there was a lack of concentration there, which has been, you know, a criticism of his over the years. You know, he's very hot and cold. It's almost like his mind's not in the game at that moment. Who knows? Here's what I find the team doesn't do enough to to use your point about Nylander in that situation. Mm-hmm. And my dad was, you know, famous for with me for this. Just shoot it at the net. Just mm-hmm. shoot it. They do this thing that frustrates me mm-hmm. where they'll hang on to it. Not just that particular time. They do this a lot where they'll hang on to it one extra time. Looking it, for the pretty play. Looking yeah. for the pretty play where it's like, fuck, mm-hmm. man. And I find myself, you know, I'm not the most vocal guy watching sports, but I find myself. It's frustrating saying them, you know, out loud in the living room. Shoot it. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. They always do this thing, and it aggravates me where they'll just take it. They'll just do one extra thing that's unnecessary. I just believe at this part of the development, of course, it always goes for the other team. Just want the puck more than the other guy. And, of course, that applies to the other team, too. But if you have that attitude, I mean, only good can come from that. They're capable of better. Um you know, this, you know it's, this has happened so many times over the years. It happened with St. Louis winning the Stanley Cup. Like, as I said in 2019, last place at Christmas, end up winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That goalie of theirs, Billington or Bennington or whatever his name is, he just got hot. You know, and this Bobrovsky guy, he had quite the reputation. In fact, Florida signed him to a huge contract because he's a good goaltender. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of guy, if he gets hot, that's trouble. Yeah. You know, because, again, you you mentioned it the other night a few times. He just it's like he wasn't even didn't even see or know where the puck was, but his legs would close and stop it. It's like, boy, when you start seeing stuff like that, you got to hope that that doesn't. (laughs) Well, there was one save in particular Mm -hmm. where he was literally going to his left, but his right leg was Mm -hmm. uh, down upon the ice on the ice upon. Fuck. um, And Mm -hmm. and it just happened to be where the puck was. He didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that is a problem. And that's again, you know, lots of times I, I think what you're saying is why couldn't that ever be the Leafs got hot at the end and they started riding. But, you know, our what's our goalie's again, name again? Ilya Samsonov. <clears throat> Samsonov. He's he you're right. When they were being outplayed, he held them in there. Sure, he does. And he in the Tampa series, too. I mean, he may have been. Well, that's what I mean in the Tampa level. series. Samson have been the most valuable player the Leafs had. Easily. He uh-huh. and, and it's too bad that the score was 4-2 because that's not it didn't represent how well he played. And here's the problem Howard with this team as well. So they get those two 
power plays and they're all around the net, you just think, of course, they, they're going to score. They're going to score. They don't. Yeah. And then Florida takes a one nothing lead and then takes on sort of a shitty goal, takes all the energy out of the rink. And then they come back and tie it 2-2. What happens next? I know. They I give know. up a breakaway, and it's 3-2 now. Yeah. So the, the fans are into it. The team's back into it. It's 2-2. Okay, great. You've, uh, you know, you've erased that deficit. And now all, one misplay. The know. guy gets a breakaway. And while he's got the breakaway, I'm thinking this is going in. Because as a Leaf fan, I can just feel it. This is going in. And bang, it was in the net. And that, to me, was sort of the turning point of the game. Why? Well, I, I, that's what I was saying. That mm-hmm. that those those two points in the game, mm-hmm. those two points where they didn't score on those power plays and looked great, by the way, looked great. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, the, what you guys thought of the rest of the game, but I know that section was great. And they didn't score, and then Tampa did, and there's the momentum taken away. That one at the end of that period with the breakaway goal, that was it. That was the game because. Once uh, Nye's, you know, he felt like he had, you know, the goal was his fault. It wasn't. But when he came back and scored and made it 2-2, well, now, now we're back in the game. But that, that, third, that, that third goal at the end of that period. And by the way, I, again, I don't have a history that you do, but I was thinking, I said this to you yesterday, I was thinking when it was like, I don't know, two and a half minutes left in the period, I was thinking, okay, guys, let's, let's get out of this period. Let's just get out of this period. Mm-hmm. And of course, they don't. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, did you see the graphic they put up? The Leafs during the regular season had a horrible record for allowing yes. goals late in yeah. periods. Worst, almost worse than the league. Why so again, is that? So if you're, so if you've just come back, now this is the psychological part of it too. And again, easy for me to be sitting here in my basement in Brampton. But if that is one of your problems, and you're in the playoffs, and you've just come back to tie the game two two. Is that not on your head? Though? Let's not let that happen. Let's, as you said, let's get out of this period. Let's try and block that shortcoming out in this important moment. And it, it sucked the way the well, it sucked the life out of the building, and, and it turned and, the and time. The way they got and the way they got the the power play. It was like, come on, guys. So here's the question I would have, and then we're going to wrap this up in a second because I, I we have other stuff to do. But I'll say here. So to your point. Knowing that and how important it was to get that goal back and there's less than three minutes left in the period. Isn't that Sheldon Keith's job? Isn't he? So isn't him? Isn't it up to him to sort of bring the guys over and go, OK, we need to double up our energy here and get to the dressing room. Howard, another problem this team had all season long was not starting fast. And of course, the other night they started fast because they got to to. Um, Power plays. Uh, power plays. But it gets back to the lull thing, and John Liddell, neighbor John, said, you know, we only had 15 minutes where we didn't try. That's a problem with this team. Mm-hmm. It just it has been all season long. And when he said that, I know exactly what it means. It's almost like they're taking shifts off or they're thinking, you know, we'll get them later in the game or whatever the mindset is. That's got to end. How much is that on the coach? I don't know. Are they prepared? If a team consistently doesn't show up to start the game, 
Is that the coach's fault? Like, what more can he do than say, guys, we got to start faster? For sure. But in, in that particular situation, it sort of was, it would have been nice. Well, obviously, if the team had have made a, a better effort. But, I mean, I, I think at that point, he's got to remind them, like, we've only got three minutes left. We're, we're back in this game. Let's right. not gag it up. Uh, a couple quick uh, observations uh, about some things uh, in that game, including uh, Maple Leaf legend Wendell Clark. But first, here's Fred. Um, take your time. Dog. Just take no, your time. No. Take no, your I'm time. Just saying. Okay. Uh, let's look at the Bodog numbers for tonight. Do look it. at this. Just crazy. Toronto Maple Leafs minus one ninety-five. A heavy favorite to win Game Two tonight. Uh, Florida uh, plus one sixty-five. The over/under is six point five on that. And uh, I imagine the Maple Leafs are still. Favored to win the series. We'll see. So much riding on tonight's game. Going to be exciting. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. I'm sorry, you're done. If you're looking for a general contractor that specializes in outdoor projects only, look for Architect. If you're looking for someone that can do uh, porches, patios, outdoor kitchens, pool houses, hardscapes, and decks, look for Architect. That's A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K. Architect Outdoor Living designs and builds beautiful outdoor living spaces for homeowners like you, and they are very very good at it. They're experts in design and construction. Deep organizational experience. They put their customers first. There's something you don't hear about. And uh, as we mentioned several times, they back up their claims and work with real warranties. Every project with Architect has a one-year warranty on workmanship. I mean, I'm talking like loose screws, right? Not like humble and red loose screws. A two-year warranty on structure and a national guarantee completion fund that ensures every project is completed to your specs. They are experts. A one-stop shop. They communicate well and have a best-in-the-business warranties I've just described. Archadec.com. A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K.com. Give them a call. Get an estimate. Get them over there to look at your place to see what they can do for you. Okay, I know you're going to mock me, but I'm just going to tell you. So I'm watching Florida. I don't know who's on Florida. And all of a sudden, I hear this name, and I'm like, wait a second. I thought he played for Carolina. But back in the day, for you people who don't know, I had a uh, slightly younger girlfriend for about five, almost six years. Lady friend to people who are hundy peas. And lady friend, when she was in university uh, for several years, was the girlfriend of a young fellow named... I thought she was still at high school. <laughs> this wasn't when I was with her. Are you listening? Okay. This was not when I was with her. <laughs> Fuck. See, I told you. Here we go again. But you know what? I wear it as a badge of honor. So I was with this woman for five or six years after she was in, out of university. While she was in university, she dated for a couple of years and almost, from what I was told, got married to... Florida Panther, Eric Stahl. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know, and I used to say to her, how disappointing I must be. 
I mean, look at the man. And look at me now. But hey, hey, who knows? Who knows Actually why. of her age and yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to marry her. And uh, she was like, uh, I don't think so. And I said, you know, it's funny because a lot of young women in your position would look at that. And I, one of the many, many things I admired about her is that she had a chance at the end of her university. You know, I'm 22, 23 years old. Could have been set up for the rest of her life and said, no, no, I don't want to do that. Well, that, that that's so true. You know, the term uh, puck luck, there's also puck bunny. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of young women I would imagine well I think it's true you know go for that fame and that money are they even really in love are they in love with the idea of marrying a hockey player are they in love with the idea of being in love but is it a genuine relationship oh yeah and you have to admire a young girl like that we push money aside and and just look at the reality of the relationship and the situation. And this was well into mm-hmm. his, you know, NHL career. She was being flown down to, you know, Carolina, wherever, and, mm-hmm. you know, was going to games. And it was a pretty heady mm-hmm. time for uh, a young kid at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and not even blonde. <laughs> no, I know. No. Although she did sometimes go blonde. Oh, did she? Just yeah. a little bit. Uh, anyway, most of those puck bunnies are I know. blonde. It's funny you say that, too. Funny, interesting. Uh mm-hmm. Because there is a cookie cutter, I guess it must oh, yeah. be, PGA Tour wife. Mm-hmm. It's like you put a, the ones, that, the pictures that always make me laugh is when they have the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. Mm-hmm. And they have all the, the boys with their wives and they're all just like the same one. There might be mm-hmm. one or two brunettes, but they're all mm-hmm. just blonde, tall, tanned. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting story for you. And I, I, sure. I told you this years ago. I'm sure you forgot. But anyway, the other thing I noticed is when they went to Wendell Clark at some point, I think it was at the beginning of the third period. Did you see that? Yes. Sweet Wendell. Love Wendell. But I looked away from the screen. I was doing something on my computer, and then I looked back, and for a second, because we both have spent time with Wendell, but I thought, is that Wilfred Brimley? (laughs) You look so much like him now. Um, you know, Wendell's a bit older. Last time we saw Wendell was, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago. You and I went on a golf trip. Where we hung with Wendell for the week. But, uh, man, just for a second, I was like, what? Oh, that's Wendell. Yeah. You know, again, that's part of my level of aggravation because the Leafs still don't have that player. Dougie Gilmore or him or even Daryl Sittler. I heard this reference yesterday. Go to YouTube. There's something. It's called Wendell Clark Hits Bruce Bell. And he hits him coming behind the net. I think it was in the playoffs against St. Louis back in the 90s, whatever. That that hit. I don't even know if he got a penalty on the play. Today, he'd probably be suspended for 10 games. But that's how you take control of a game. Yeah. <laughs> this guy literally has to be taken off the ice on a stretcher. Yeah, you know? he was something else. Yesterday, you talked about um, Will Arnett being on the TSN afternoon show Overdrive. Will Arnett made the point that Wendell is still his favorite Leaf of all time. And he said, listen, I meet celebrities all the time. He said, I would be more nervous. He's never met Wendell Clark. He said, I would be more nervous to meet Wendell Clark Mm. than any other celebrity I've ever met. (laughs) That's what he said. I'd say something about his love for the Leafs, for God's sake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what I said to Wendell? We were sitting around that uh, lobby. I think I was still drinking. 
<laughs> and uh, we'd, I, I'd gone on a couple trips with him. I'd played golf with him uh, a fair bit over the course of a couple of years before you would come on that trip with me. And we were waiting to all go out for dinner that night in Florida. And I was just kidding around with him. <laughs> I said something like, like something like how, how many, like, do you th- could, how fast would you put, knock me out? Or, you know, some of those stupid fucking things I say to people. And he just kind of looked at me and grinned. But I was like, yeah, he, he still could knock each of us out without much trouble. Still a big, strong man. On YouTube, there's Wendell Clark's biggest uh, career hits. There's uh, Wendell Clark uh, fight highlights. It's just, you know, at the time, hockey was different, so you sort of took it for granted. But in retrospect, you look back and you think, wow, how could you not love this guy? (laughs) There was one hit that a Maple Leaf gave. I'm not sure what period it was. I think it was early on, right right at the blue line. And it was was Luke Shin. And it was an old-fashioned stand-em-up. Mm-hmm. It was great. And that's mm-hmm. what I, it felt old fashioned in a way because it was like, you don't see that much mid ice defenseman just fucking lines them up. Well, they've changed a lot, right? The rules where, you know, some hits that were overlooked or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rules for board- are, are now you can't, you can't do it all depends, you know, shoulder first, head first, all these things. Did you target the head? I mean, these questions weren't asked back then. The rules for boarding seem to have changed because I recall boarding was uh, more than a stride or two. Is, am I correct? You know what I mean? Like we're. Well, that's charging. Yeah, charging. But you know what I mean? Like, but now it seems that they call that a lot sooner than they used to. Well, literally using the boards um, to check a player. You can't do that. You can nudge them, but you can't, you know, push a guy into the boards. Okay. As a, um, yeah. One thing, you know, and I'm not saying, like, I, I'm not blaming the, uh, the referees for anything Maple Leaf. But again, that other night, I who was it in front of the, the Leaf net took a high stick? And the referee's looking right at it. One thing that really surprises me about the NHL, there's four of them on the ice yeah. and linesmen can refer to the referees about infractions how much stuff they miss I, I i just i don't know how look at the size of the rink and there's four of them and you're following the play how did that referee see that stick come up you know well there's a high sticking late in the game where one of our yeah. guys got cut the other thing mm-hmm. it was but that's enough funny you brought that up because i thought that no, ultimately he was penalized but he missed it at the moment and the right. linesman had to come over and then it was like I'm talking about the guy that was looking at it. Right. But anyway. But the fact that there's four of them on the rink now mm-hmm. also fucked us up early in the game, too, because there was that, mm-hmm. that I can't remember who had the puck, but he actually literally, he literally ran into the linesman. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's, let, we're, Boone's going to join us, and uh, Toronto Mike's going to join us in a few minutes. But I found this. Uh, I, I, I don't know. If, I'm going to play this song, and it's a song that you know. But it's something I didn't know about this song, and I'm wondering if you did. Okay. It's by uh, Peter and Gordon. Please lock me away And don't allow the day Here inside Where I hide With my loneliness I don't care what they say I won't stay in a world without love So you obviously know that song. 
and I, again, I don't know, maybe I knew this fact I'm about to reveal to you. Or I just seem to be like, oh, all these years later, that makes sense. Here's the uh, demo to that song by a young fellow that you and I both like. So obviously that's a Paul McCartney song. I didn't know that. I think I've heard that somewhere along the way. And when you hear that song, it, yeah. it, it sounds like a Beatles song. It sounds, I was going to, before you even played, I was going to say, yeah, that's McCartney. Like, and the story yeah. apparently is that Lennon didn't like the song. Oh, really? Lennon McCartney showed it to him because it's a fucking, it's like every Beatles song. It's even that little chord change. It's like all those it sounds Beatles. like any ballad off the early exactly albums, you know yeah you know this little part you know oh yeah but Peter Asher even this little part so apparently Lennon just didn't want to do it and so Paul gave it to Peter Asher and again I apologize I'm not sure he was related to him he was a, a friend or related to Linda somehow anyway no I think Jane Asher who was that, I think that was before Linda it was his girlfriend right so that was his girlfriend's brother yeah. and that's Peter and Gordon Anyway, I, yeah, I just I thought that's uh, interesting. I didn't know that. Um, how I found it uh, was just there's. I was going to see if I could find this little clip for you, but uh, I found a version that somebody had done that I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting. Uh, let me see if I can play it. Okay. Okay, hang on. I got five videos playing. Yeah, it sounds like a Beatles song for sure. <clears throat> And McCartney. Well, yeah, it sounds like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You would guess, let me, okay, let me get rid of this. Here's a version of it. Oh, my God. Now I've got golf shit playing here. Um, here's a couple from uh, the internet called Gilly and the Girl. And uh, they're just two kids from the States. Somewhere in their 30s, they're like, not, they're not famous, but they play cruise ships. But they do these, they'll just do cover songs. And they're really, really good at it. All right, songs you didn't know Paul McCartney wrote. Please lock me away And don't allow the day Here inside Where I hide With my loneliness I don't care what they say I won't stay in a world without love So these two people are no more than, I don't, I don't think they're in their late 30s, but so think about it. Like, that's such a good song, and they do such a nice version of it, these two kids, but uh, that's what got me. That's, that's how I found out it was a McCartney song, because they do this thing, mm-hmm. songs you didn't know McCartney wrote. Mm-hmm. It's such a good little, I mean, 
It really is a great little song. Yeah, it's lovely. Very, very lovely. It's just, yeah, and as you say, what what part of that would Lennon not like? Because it's so similar to, you know, anything you might hear on Rubber Soul or yeah. Revolver. Here, or there, everywhere. Like it has that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, a little, just a little palate cleanser here on the Humble and Fred show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, big well actually all the, the all the talk shows are uh, off now. Yeah, cuz of the writer strike. That's right. Fallon, Kimmel, Colbert, Seth Meyers have gone off the air. 11,000 TV writers go on strike. Saturday Night Live will air uh, repeats instead of a live show. Soap operas would be the next to be affected. And um I don't have the numbers in front of me, but what happened was the writers are no longer getting uh, enough money. They're just not. They, the percentage of our writers that are getting the minimum you can pay a writer has gone from 13% to 98%. Hmm. Because of the proliferation of so many channels of streaming, of hmm. content, there's so much stuff being pumped out that they're not paying top dollar for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because they can't. I, I would think that's part of the reason. Think about it. The, like, the last time there was a writer's strike, so I'll say it again, 13% of writers were being paid the minimum. That means mm-hmm. the rest of them were being paid quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Now, almost all of them are being paid as little as you can pay somebody and get away with it. So that's what this is all about. Yeah. And what do they do if the money isn't there? Although, is it going to be like, you know, we experienced over the years? But even the landscape has changed there where, you know, all of a sudden money fell out of the sky and, oh, we can pay you when it Mm -hmm. became obvious they needed to or had to or ultimately wanted to. But, you know, it's when I see stuff like that, it's like. Even that strike with uh, the CRA people, you know, wanting twenty two percent over four years or something. You, no, they wanted they wanted twelve percent, and the government was offering them nine percent. No, that was the other one. The CRA people had asked oh, okay. twenty two because they were holdouts. Well, who was the one that, that wanted nine and twelve? That was the basic public okay. service thing. Okay, but there was a separate union of about 35,000. Anyway, they they settled last night. I don't know what the the numbers are. It's just it, it's hard to look at those things and feel a lot of sympathy because there are so many industries now that have pretty much become you know, extinct or not extinct but just that hey sorry that's the way it is you Mm got to move on and look at what do you do about the writing like what what do you do about that how many people hearing that story today go yeah i lost my job you know i had a functional job forever and then all of a sudden it wasn't needed anymore so i had to move on but isn't i i I agree and that's one of the reasons i said you know you think about it how many shows are needed now for how many streaming services that being said, though, those guys, somebody needs to write these things. The problem is there just might be too much of it. You know, like you think about it, when, whenever the last Hollywood strike was, I can't remember, 15, whatever years ago, there wasn't anywhere near as much content being created. You'd think, mm-hmm. you'd think on the one hand, with more content needed, you'd be able to pay people more. But that's actually the opposite because there's too much of it. They, they're, not, they're not paying yeah. what they used to pay. 
Well, maybe the big show. So maybe it's like that sushi restaurant. At some point, they're going to go, you know, it's good business for us. You know, if we've if this show has got to continue with any quality, we've got to identify the best writers and pay them well. Yeah, we just have to. And I'm sure that's still happening on sure. some level. Well, two percent. Yeah. But the whole trickle down thing. You know, it's like radio, the radio industry now. And morning people aren't being paid what they used to be paid because the revenue just simply isn't there. So what do you do? Do you overpay people now? If you want to call it overpay to hope you can get ratings back and generate that revenue or do you just like most of them have done, throw in the towel and adjust your cost to your revenue, which gives you a lesser product and finds a lot of people out of work. Or, or... You could go work for the uh, dirty Saudi Arabian government. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lionel Messi, who Mm -hmm. is considered one of the best uh, football players, talking to soccer, uh, on planet Earth. Hear what he was offered? Yeah. Only 400 million a year. Oh, I'm sorry. I I got my numbers are wrong. 320 million. Oh, okay. I had heard 400 million. Well, maybe that's 400 million dollars. This is 320 million pounds. Okay. All right. Oh, look. We're both right. Yeah. 400 million dollars a year. And the Saudi Arabians are the same people that have started this Live Golf League and paid Phil Mickelson $200 million to join. Dustin Johnson, one fifty. A bunch of other guys you've not heard of uh, in the $120 million range. So these, uh, I mean, they've got unlimited funds, the uh, Saudi. It's a, some, there's a name for their sports fund. And they're trying to make people forget that they don't let women drive and behead a bunch of people. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Lionel Messi uh, was suspended, by the way, by his current club, whatever that is, just for visiting Saudi Arabia. And his current club, wherever that is, uh, may not pick up his contract. They have an option not to. And I'd suppose because they... uh, why did they have a problem with him going to Saudi Arabia? I guess, you know, let me, I don't, I shouldn't have said it out loud. Because of what you said, beheadings and stuff like that? Uh, no. From Lionel a moral Messi. standpoint or just, it's uh, sort of like conflict of interest or I think tampering. that, you're not supposed to do that. Lionel Messi suspended by Paris Saint-Germain after two-day Saudi Arabia trip. Two-week punishment for unauthorized trip to the Middle East. Uh, trip to, to, to I heard his agent had said something they'd be interested, but it's got to be like a four-year contract or something, which would yeah. be $1.6 billion or something. Or? Uh, Messi signed an optional third-season clause in his contract when he first arrived at the club in 2021. Club yeah. officials have decided not to activate it. So uh, that's as far as I got on this. Anyway. It's, it's sad. You know, the Saudis with all that money and given the culture and um, you can't blame the guys for taking it. No, I mean, seriously. And how do you blame him? But at some point you almost wish they wouldn't like tiger did, you know, tiger at some point goes, I got all the money I'll ever need for, I have generational wealth. What, why yeah. would I need to do that? You know what the rumor was that the rumor around this was that they offered tiger a billion dollars. Yeah. A billion dollars, not 400 million, a billion dollars, yeah. seven. I'm sorry. Somewhere near, like seven fifty, eight hundred million. Yeah, but um, Messi was per year. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have no problem, and I've I've talked about this on the uh, golf show. I got no problem with the uh, guys taking that money. Of course you would, 
What I have a problem with the league is that they want to be considered the same as the PGA Tour, and it's a three-round league versus a four-round league, and it's it's just essentially not the same game. I've used the argument of the WHL. When the WHL broke away and started paying players a lot more money, Bobby Hall, famously the first million-dollar hockey player, it was... WHA. WHA, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the WHL is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um I had no problem with that conceptually because it's the same game. Three periods, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. But imagine a breakaway hockey league was started up for people with, you know, shorter attention mm-hmm. spans. Only mm-hmm. two or three periods of 12 minutes or whatever. I know it's not the same game. And that's my problem with the Live Golf League. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Saudis are with the sports. Uh, what's that term? Sports washing their image. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. Um, I know. And again, it's so easy to sit back and go, oh, you guys shouldn't do that. But let somebody dangle that money in front of you. Well, listen, we went to the mix. (laughs) Hmm? I said we went to the mix Hmm. for a lot less. Um, Before we get to Toronto Mike's uh, appearance, I'd like to uh, wonder if you're going to uh, favor us with some more. uh, Yes. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. Find out all you need to know about how your small business can be part of the Chambers plan. A great thing to do for your employees. We're talking prescriptions. We're talking dental. We're talking uh, therapies. Mental health component. They have a HR department that you can tap into if you're not sure about how to handle employees and what have you, all that goes with that. Uh, you know, it is affordable. Uh, there's different levels you can buy into, so you know that uh, is part of uh, your investigation. And uh, it's a great thing to do for your employees. It is. And uh, they've done a great job on uh, holding the line on uh, our premiums over the past several years. So, you know, your costs will sort of be fixed in your mind. You know where you're going with this thing for the next few years. So, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamberplan.ca. Check this mashup. Yeah. MC. HG. With MB in the house. In La Casa. Toronto Mike, everybody. The producer of the Humble and Fred program. And the producer of fine content for over... It's a lot of years. <laughs> I loved Wendell Clark, man. That was my guy. Loved Wendell so much. How do you know? I brought out my uh, thanks to my buddy Canada Kev, who got me an autographed Wendell Clark uh, picture here. And, uh, you can see it on the Facebook stream right now. And there's a video I used to watch like 15 years ago. It was called All Heart. And it mm-hmm. was Metallica's Hero of the Day set to a montage of Wendell Clark scoring big goals and having big fights with Bobby Probert and these kind of guys. And it, it always uh, hyped me up. And you need a little hyping up. Uh, so who is that guy on... Uh, is that, Well, maybe that's a, the wrong question. Is there a guy on uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs 2023 edition that could be that, that you know could step up and be the, the leader? I mean, I know it's supposed to be Tavares, but who is it? 
that type of player, like the guy who would drop the gloves and score the goal, I feel like they're gone, eh, Freddie? Like, I think about the Brendan Shanahan's and uh, the Cam Neal. Like, these guys, they don't, I don't know, they're like an endangered species. Who's, uh, well, who's that guy? Well, it's just such a liability now. Like, I understand it because the rules have changed so much sure. about, you know, third man in and hits to the shots to the head and all that stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, Luke Shen's pretty hard nose, but he's relatively new to the team. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just different now. But what this team has that my beloved Leafs back then didn't have, this team is extremely skilled. Like, the, even just the mm-hmm. skill level, it's, like, wild. It's like, I noticed this when I watched the Oilers. They're highly skilled. But I feel mm-hmm. like you're right. The Leafs are missing this. Uh, Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark. Mm-hmm. But, but your point is a good one, I think. I mean, does that player even exist in that in the form that, you know, Wendell and Dougie G and players from years gone by? Well, you know what form that player is in now? Is Matthew to Chuck? That's what you're dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not a, a guy that's going to be dropping his gloves because you can't anymore. It's just, yeah. the, especially in the playoffs, the rules are so prohibitive, prohibitive right. to that, and you know you'll end up in the in the penalty box. You can't. You just, that guy that you know he doesn't go around things. He just goes through stuff. No, and no, he's maybe, a truck. Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. maybe? maybe a Ryan O'Reilly type. Like, yeah, but again, as is the history with the Leafs. He's a little long in the tooth now, you know, to Chuck's early 20s and he's early 30s. So, yeah, I uh, didn't know. I, it's funny. We were talking about this yesterday. And of course, it makes sense. He's Keith to Chuck's son. But he is a he's a guy. He's a hard guy to get around. And uh, he's not just big. He's pretty big and fast for being big. Here's the deal with him. A guy like that. And it's Doug Gilmore was like that, and Wendell Clark's. They won't play like that. How do you look? How do you, as a teammate, give anything less than a hundred percent? If he's going out every shift and doing that, how do you not? How do you take a shift off? And that's an intangible there. With the Leafs not really having that guy, they don't have that element of, geez, look what Dougie G just did. I when I'm on the ice, that like I can't. Right. I, I can't take a moment off. Um, before we uh, so. get bogged down in uh, Toronto, Mike, uh, whatever, I, get, I sent you, a, wasn't it a Leaf email I sent you? Because we didn't do that yet. And I was, we still have some show to produce here. And we can't save everything for tomorrow. Wasn't it a Leaf remark from somebody for you that I sent? Yes. Okay. I also had that cost of going to it. Yeah, let's, let's do this now. And uh, Toronto Mike can just uh, play along and... You know, speak when he's uh, spoken to. <laughs> I'm just here to hang out. So I know, buddy. I know, buddy. I know. You, it oh was, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, from Stephen Kelly, ghost of Bill Barilko. Yes. The ghost of Bill will never let the Leafs win again, is his point. Uh, he's wrong. We've oh. won since Bill Barilko was found. Like, we've won since he died. We, he remember? We, Bill right, Barilko disappeared that summer. It was 61 or something. Uh, he was on a face. Yeah. The last goal ever right. scored. They, they didn't win another till 1962, the year he was <laughs> discovered. They've won like three yeah. or four cups since he was discovered. This might yeah, be so one of my favorite hip songs, too, by the way. This is yeah, Total cool. Edge, Humble and Fred, early 90s. Yeah. I still love when this come on. Uh, okay, so that dispels that myth. He's wrong. He's just wrong. Come on, we expect no, he that. Is. Hey, he is. Okay, right. what, what happened just playing along? <laughs> oh, I want facts to be correct on this book. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, just sit back, okay? This isn't Hebsey on sports. 
Uh, I have an email, too. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the Leafs. Oh, no, why don't you... Here, I'll do mine, and then we'll come back to the uh, cost of... Because uh, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Uh, let me get this sound, of course. Uh, tomorrow guys. is uh, nothing Hi but guys. emails. This is from Amy Zimmer, who is a pretty new... Humble and Fred listener, she uh, came on board uh, during the curious case of Voldemort, disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. Hi, guys. I hope I'm not harassing you too much with my emails, but I wanted to say I love the conversation with Ralph on death and what happens after, etc. It's been on my mind a lot lately as my mother-in-law recently had a stroke and went from super independent and mentally with it at 89 to struggling, and it just happened like that. We really have to enjoy and be grateful for every day we have. I'm about to turn 50 in the fall and just thinking more about my own mortality. Loved what... What is that? Oh, it's my... Oh, I got some... I don't know. Got a couple of things coming in on my phone. Okay. Well, Never heard that before. That's because it's, it's a notification. You just turn them on. Um, Amy goes on to say, Loved what Ralph said about really paying attention to how you say goodbye to people and not taking you're going to see them again for granted thanks and this is to what you said about why are we here she says fred this is the reason you still do your show and i appreciate you both says amy z Hmm. nice you were saying why are we even doing this or something yesterday (laughs) why do we why do we even bother no, I know. Sometimes I get in those moments like it's like, why am I sitting here? Like, why is there a table? Why? Like, you know, all that mm. stuff. Like, why is there just not? No. Wouldn't it be <laughs> yeah. easier if there was just nothing? Yeah, I you get, know what I mean? I get in those moments, too. But usually I'm super high when I do. Yeah. It sounds like a high thing. It's like, why is this table here? Uh, anyway, Amy Z, don't ever think you're not appreciated. And you send us as many emails as you want. That's Amy Z. Who uh, is all? And this, by the way, this is an email, I guess, or uh, just a text. Hi guys. Hi guys. I'm sorry. You're uh, the say one something? I'm about to read. No, what were we going to say? I'm sorry. Um. Uh, no. Further to that. Um. Yesterday, during that portion of the show, I also talked about you know the dementia numbers are just going through the roof now. Yes. And, a lot of people are going to be in a position where they're going to have to be looking after elderly people, people in our age bracket, with dementia. And that can go on for years and be a burden to children and costs and everything. And then I raised the question, like, at what point, you know, you can choose death, uh, a death date, so to speak. But if you have dementia, obviously you can't. So... Is there something, some mechanism that before you have dementia, have some kind of a will thing done that if I get dementia to a certain extent, whatever that might be, my children can decide or through my direction, like, that's a tough one. Go through with it. It's a tough Mm -hmm. one because who decides what level of dementia, what gradient, what's the gradient for? I, 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 he's pops with it every other day to pops has Mm -hmm. no idea because I've seen it up close Mm -hmm. that so-and-so has no idea who they are, who you are, where, where, but so there's got to, there would have to be a, I don't know, some kind of. A test of some kind to uh, well that is, there would have to be some maybe threshold where once right. a doctor determines that you are no longer capable of making basic decisions well yeah then what what you have huh well then but yeah so the doctor decides on a thursday saturday you're going to get the needle and then all of a sudden on a saturday you have a good day and you're like what now what what's mm. happening no, I was thinking more along the lines of once it's been determined clinically that you can no longer function that way, right. then like 90 days from that point, right, right. 
at your direction. Anyway, I was asking that question, and my brother-in-law sent me this text. He said, hey, Fred, listen to your show this morning. Mel, his wife, had a living will set up for her dad because he had dementia in his last years and was incapable of making life decisions for himself. And then he quotes something, a written statement detailing a person's desires regarding their medical treatment in circumstances in which they are no longer able to express informed consent, especially an advanced directive. So more or less, yeah, it's possible. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it will be easier and more possible going forward. Yes, it's Delisa and I talked about that yesterday. Can you imagine that? Like, say you get dementia like 81 or 82 and live to be 95. You know what that would cost? Your kids? Well, not just for not your just financially, but uh, the the cost of everyone's fucking yes, you know, mental well being. And as I said mm-hmm. to you yesterday, you know, like mm-hmm. the last thing I want to be or you want to be is a burden to the people around you. I mean, you know, all exactly. jokey jokes aside, and I I would want to have some mechanism where. Again, it's a gradient issue because somebody would have to make an independent decision like, okay, obviously this person has no idea what's going on anymore. I'm just right. a little, sometimes I'm worried like if I get dementia, like what, what nonsense is going to come out of my mouth? You know what I mean? Like, yes. what, what am I going to be saying from the dark recesses of my brain? No, I yeah. don't want your dog food coupon. You know, just, yeah. that's, that's, that's just me all day. Um, so, anyway, thanks for uh, Clyde. And there's another. Hi guys. Uh, Hi guys. There's another text Hi we got. Kind of what it counts as an email. And uh, Toronto Mike is still with us. Hi guys. <laughs> but Toronto Mike's so young; he's not even thinking about dementia yet. He's not thinking about any of those things. It's all mm-hmm. just golden Remember, days. I'm and- the only one on the Zoom with a brain injury. Well, I doubt that. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, injury, but not a brain issue. Fred, who's this from? What? what I, I don't know where we, we're the, going The expensive, uh, most expensive NHL cities. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. No, this was just an, yeah. This was just one of those things I got from a, um, a marketing research company uh, for a family of four to go to an NHL game and uh, how they've broken this down in American dollars. So a family of four, the most expensive place in the NHL is, of course, Toronto. Mm. Uh, U.S. dollars. Um, average ticket price in Toronto, $145.60, which is a severe cut above second place, which is uh, Seattle, believe it or not, at $130.85. Now, when it comes to concessions, Toronto, not bad. Average price of a 12-ounce uh, beer in Toronto is $7.68 American. Uh, in a lot of markets, it's more than that. I'm surprised. Same with a hot dog. A hot dog in Toronto, $5.53 uh, American. It's $8 Seattle, seven fifty Vegas. Uh, Wait a second. New, where's New York in all this? You're saying that it's yeah. more expensive to go to a game in Seattle than New York? Absolutely. New York, $124.56, which is about $6 per ticket less than Seattle. Wow. It's uh, New York less than Vegas. It's in fourth spot. And again, their concessions, uh, a little cheaper for beer, more impor- uh, more expensive for a hot dog, soft drinks and stuff like that. Anyway, the bottom line for a family of four uh, to go <laughs> average in Toronto, $632.68. And again, that's American. Seattle is second, Vegas is third, New York City fourth. So it's almost $1,000 in Toronto for a family of four to go to a hockey game. 
Which is just so sad and disgusting. But it made me think of something because I, I, my buddy from out east is talking about, you know, his parents are super Leaf fans and, you know, would Mm -hmm. he spend the money to go to a Leaf Stanley Cup final playoff game? Mm hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Did you want to say that it's terrible and it's very expensive? Which is a no. Good, I'm yeah, just it saying it's okay. you know how many people have young hockey fans <laughs> yeah. that would just love to go to a game and sure. they just absolutely cannot. That's all. No, which but that but that isn't anything new around here. No. Uh, it's been the most expensive place forever. But what what about you two? Because my friend was saying if the Leafs, because he's not a Leaf fan, but his parents are. And they're older people, you know, they don't have dementia, so they're fine. And he said, I, w- I don't know, He's, he, you know, he would spend the money to go to a Stanley Cup final playoff game. Would you too, if you could find tickets? No. I would not. I, I actually was thinking about this for game one. I actually enjoy watching it in my living room, surrounded by my family. We just have a great time. Like, I have no interest, because somebody asked me would I go to Maple Leaf Square, and I said, no, like, I'm sitting, I'm going to be sitting on this couch. I don't even like going to bars for these playoff games. I right. like to be uh, hmm. Howard, you, I don't know. You know, I can sit here and say no. Like, if it was a closer game, if it was in Toronto and the Leafs that night had the chance to win the Stanley Cup, I might... I might be in a position to go, you know, look at my age and look at my history with the team. I might want to be there for that. So let's say, and I love it because Mm -hmm. I I would say knowing you with the opportunity to clinch, to be in that building Mm -hmm. all these years later, 56 years later, is there a number that you would say, okay, if it's this much money, me and Johnny, and it would have to be you and your grandson now, because I'm going to throw a number at you and see if you would if you would do it. Would you do it for five thousand dollars? No. Really? Fuck. No. Nope. And you're not doing it, Fred. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so be it. But wait like, a second. You wouldn't because because no. I'm surprised because I I was going to take you all the way up to ten thousand dollars. No, no, no. I was thinking more if I could get like a thousand bucks a ticket, I would go. But you probably couldn't. No, you're not I getting over that. Here's mm-hmm. the, the, the reason I say five thousand bucks, man. But, but, let me let me just say this though. I mean, it depends on how you're looking at it. If so, if I knew somebody from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, believe me, the night of that game, there are going to be tickets worth a lot less than a thousand dollars. When you say a thousand, ten thousand, I'd be have to have to be paying aftermarket. You know what That's I mean? That's what I mean. That's when I would be, Yeah, I don't, I'm not going that high. You know, I'm surprised because, well, I shouldn't say I'm surprised. That's wrong. I would think, given that m- moment in history, that it would be worth, like, the, the reason I say that is a lot of guys, you know, have these things like a bucket list golf trip, mm-hmm. going to Pebble Beach, not interested. Because for mm-hmm. me, going to Pebble Beach and paying 800 US for a round of golf isn't worth it. But I would tell you now, if somebody said, I can get you on Augusta National, and but you're going to have to pay, I don't know, 2500 bucks US, I'd probably do it. Yeah, but 2500 isn't. 10, no, I know. You but know what you I mean? know, like, I'm saying, yeah. me, I'm, yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. I don't know that I'd pay five grand, but I'd, I'll tell you what I would pay. I'd pay five grand if someone said, I can get you in the Pro Am and you're going to be playing with Tiger. Absolutely would. 5000 US, absolutely would do it. To play with yeah, Tiger Woods? I, I, 
you know, it's another, it's again, another one of those things where, you know, you're, it's all theoretical I right know. now, but if you actually, okay, it's game seven, Stanley Cup final in Toronto, Leafs can win the cup tonight. Somebody calls me up and says, Hey, listen, for 3,500 bucks, I can get you a pair of tickets. Do you want them? I'd have to be in that situation. But my problem is it's like, how else? When you get up to five and ten thousand dollars, what would go through my mind is how could I better spend that money for people yeah, more than yes, just me? yeah. But you've you know at that point you're sixty six or sixty seven years old. You know, best case scenario, you've got seventeen years left. What's ten thousand? Mm-hmm. You you know you're going to be leaving these people a lot of dough. Ten thousand dollars at the end of your life to have been there. Mm-hmm. All these, you were a little baby boy in Brampton, or sorry, Scarborough Fred, little baby boy in 67. Boone, a Toronto Mike, barely, you know, hasn't even been born yet. No. I'm seven. But Howard, you're talking like the Leafs win that game. Can you imagine Fred when he's watching the clock tick down and the Leafs lose, I don't know, four to two, and he thinks, I just right. spent five thousand <laughs> I, thought, I yeah. thought of that. I thought of that, too. You're right. There's that element, like, I got to go and watch him play like shit and lose. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, here's the solution. Well, twofold. It's not going to happen, and the Leafs could never play the Tampa or uh, the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup final, obviously. But look at Sunrise, which is the Florida Panthers, at the very bottom of the list, a family of four, only $222 U.S. for a family of four to go to a game. Now, as I go up the list, the, the, the most realistic team for the Leafs to play in the Stanley Cup final would be the Dallas Stars. They're only $304 for a family of four. So if the Maple Leafs made it to the Stanley Cup final against Dallas, the idea would be to go to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would be cheaper. You know what I mean? Of course it would be. Oh, yeah. It's totally cheaper. Yeah. So Definitely. get on a plane or whatever and go to Dallas and stand outside because the passion is not the same level either. Like Game 7 Toronto, you'd stand out front of uh, the Scotiabank Center and they'd want $5,000 a ticket. Sure. Crazy. In Dallas, you might get lucky. And get some guy trying to unload them, actually. Mike, I think Mike makes a good point, too, because I sort mm-hmm. of thought that halfway through our little, you know, a thought experiment, mm-hmm. as the kids like to say, that you'd spend all that money. See, if I got, if someone said, mm-hmm. it's going to be five grand, it's Tiger at Augusta, I would know I'd have 18 holes of golf with, you know, my favorite player of all time. It would be an experience I would, we would never, it would be amazing. But I'd know what the outcome would be. You'd spend that money and mm-hmm. then and <laughs> play like shit. And you're like, what did I do? And I agree with Mike, too. I like, you know, I've been to Augusta. I was lucky enough to go there once. But I enjoy watching golf and most sports in my home. In, mm-hmm. in the, I, I think you get a better. I mean, I've been to football games. Yeah, it's cool. But I, it's not this. I like the overall coverage you get when you're watching it. Well, it's a young man's game now. What, like, standing out there is. in the cold? Yeah, no, it's not. Very oh, yeah, they're all in their 20s. Or, yeah. I remember the thrill I used to get going to a Buffalo Bills game. And now after the last one I went to a few years ago, like I would no sooner go there and go through that process of driving, border, walking through the tailgate, being crushed with those ignorant fans. And <laughs> I, I've just, I'm not interested. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Even going to a Leaf game, driving downtown, dealing with the traffic, parking is 50 bucks or 40 bucks. And... Like, I just, I just don't have the energy for it. But listen, if I was 22, 23, I'd be down at Maple Leaf Square. That would be the greatest thing ever, you mm-hmm. know? 
but now it's like oh my god standing amongst all those people no no one more wrinkle i'll throw in is that like when i think of these big playoff games hold on my uh take a pill alarm is going off okay if i had speaking of old men so (laughs) if i if i'm like okay so that's great I know it's true. I got to take my blood thinner. But if I'm, I, there's certain people I want to surround myself with when the moment happens. Like this is really important to me. So like, if you gave me two tickets for free and said go to Game Seven of the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup Final at the Scotiabank Arena, I'd be like, I can't take these tickets because I don't want to be sitting beside James and not have Jarvis and Michelle there. Like there's right. a whole like, right. I, so it's like you're sorry, you're gonna have to give me six tickets to this Game Seven, or I'm at home. You know, that's a great... I was thinking about this the other day, watching the game, uh, game six, the clincher, when Tavares scored with Johnny Slapshot. And then my mind started to wander after that, and I thought, you know, if the Leafs were in that situation, they can clinch and win the Stanley Cup tonight. I would want Danny here, almost Melanie and her husband. Mm -hmm. I want us all to be together. 100%. For that game. So I, I know exactly where you're coming from with that. My wife took a photo of me and James and Jarvis beside the TV after Tavares scored. Like, and this mm-hmm. is the first round. Mm-hmm. Imagine when we win the cup. Like, I don't want to be anywhere else but in surrounded mm-hmm. by these people. No, that's true. I uh, went to a physio on, uh, can I say what old people do? But I go to this physio yeah. for my uh, golf injuries. And uh, the young lady, young woman, can I say woman? The young human female. Yeah. Where are you going? Where's he just getting up? I actually have to get my pill. Like, it has to be taken at a certain minute. I'll be back in like 10 seconds. Really? At a certain minute? Yeah, wow. he's got a brain. That's crazy. A few people no, are just I know, but you think of like a five-minute variation. No, no, you got to take it within 10 seconds or your Jesus. brain explodes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Holy thinking, fuck. That, is that, a- would, that would concern me more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. You must take this pill at this precise take it now. moment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's the only one on. He, well, you and I are 25 years older than him, and we're not taking pills that have to be taken. I, took, I take a pill every morning from my blood pressure. From the beta blockers on my heart. So you have to take that pill within 10 seconds or what happens? Not 10 seconds, but you, you literally, like, it's actually really important you take your blood thinners at the same time every day. So I have an alarm go off and I pop the pill. Oh, okay. And I'm don't forget. Like, we'll talk for half an hour and... Well, I, like, take, really a, I take a beta kinda... blocker every day, but I, I just take it in the morning. I don't know that there's a... I think these are different. Like, yes. I'm just following like well, you know, hematologist orders. That's so all. I'm at physio. We're talking about the hockey game. And it turns out this young human female, she's 30, fantastic person, mm-hmm. is bestie friends with Tavares's wife mm-hmm. and spent the weekend taking care of their, helping take care of their young family and was actually, it was cute, the story she was telling me because her, Mrs. Tavares, I don't know what her name is, uh, we're watching the game and they've got like a baby, like a pretty new kid and a couple mm-hmm. of little boys, like two and four or whatever. And when Tavares scored, they couldn't scream because they don't want to wake the kids up. So they kind of opened their mouth and were like, oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that's cute. There's a cute it little is. Nice story. story. Mm-hmm. And, he hangs uh, around with his family at High Park. Like you can often see John Tavares and his kids at that playground in High Park. Well, he, uh, he used to live there. He does not live. They live in a different part of the city now. But uh, I, the final thing is that she says that I said, what's he what's he like? I don't know anything about him. She says he's a very he's quiet, but a really, really nice guy and uh, loves being around his family. He's got a young family. And uh, yeah, he's got things. I said, what is it like when you know her, your friend who they were friends before? Mm hmm. You know, she married John Tavares. And I said, what's that like? You know, you're, you know, you knowing your friend, her husband, you know, 13 million a year. And that was an interesting conversation, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Howard, you said you were connected to two Panthers, didn't you? Uh, no, well, Eric Stahl's brother, you know. Oh, okay, so the okay, Stahl okay. family. Okay. okay. That's right. So you, you teased it yesterday that you were connected to two. And well, I, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, the two was, uh, I know Paul Reinhardt from Calgary. Okay. Right. That was and, it. And his son plays for Florida. I was quite friendly with Paul Reinhardt. There was a time when Reinhardt, Lanny McDonald, and Jim Poplinski of the Flames early 80s version uh, we're on my radio show. We're on this kids' TV show I hosted, and I just remember I thought Paul Reinhardt was a nice little hockey player, and so was his son. You once got me in the uh, alumni lounge, and I have a photo of myself with uh, Jim Paplinski, Stu Gavin, and Nick Kiprios that I think you took. I got you in there because uh, well, I knew Nick, and uh, Gavin was uh, my Sherpa before the Sherpa. So there you go. Right. There you uh, go. All right, Toronto Mike, uh, let's wrap this thing up. We got a lot. We got another, we got another show to do. We got a lot of shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Looking forward to next week. I'll just shout out a couple of uh, guests coming up here. Uh, we have uh, Larry Fedoric, who's coming back to the program with nice. some uh, great items on his list. And on Wednesday, Bruce Dobigan is has some uh, some hot takes that I think you guys will have fun chatting with him about some rather uh, some interesting takes. Uh, Bruce Dobigan, broadcasting legend. Mm. I'm really legend. Okay, legend. Oh, you, you don't you don't want Bruce? No, <laughs> no uh, it's fine. It's just I know his. It's just sort of counter to everything we're about. So yeah, but you guys often ask for these guests who believe in stuff that you think no, is ridiculous. So he's like at least a reasonable, well-spoken guy. Because you guys always want to talk to people who believe in like I don't know Trumpism and different things like that. So I thought yeah, like I at least get a smart, reasonable guy instead of some guy who's yeah, it'll be fine. I I thought the same thing, mm-hmm. but let's just do it and uh, it'll be good. Uh, it's a uh, so tomorrow's the uh, email uh, Friday show. And uh, we wish everyone well. Good luck, Leafs, tonight. And uh, thanks to uh, everyone that participated. Uh, and we should be honest, because okay. of the writer's strike, there will be no uh, aging with energy uh, <laughs> drop today. Uh, we got to deal with that. That's then, right. Uh, the writer's strike has affected the production yeah. of uh, yeah, the yeah, old guys' travel show. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully there will be an episode next week. Well, we can't. Listen, we can't. We can't go. We can't cross the picket line. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like we're going to p- pay a writer 14 bucks an hour. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> but somehow okay. Swing Thoughts was... Uh, swing Thoughts, I yeah, but that's, uh, those, that's are scabs. Those are scabs. <laughs> uh, can I hit the theme now? We finished talking? Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Suck it on it. <laughs> okay. Um, that's fine. I'm going to let you have that. And while I try and get this... Uh, this here we go. Now I'm going to play Dan Duran. Recorded Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. We read all of our emails, and we've got the Friday email show coming up. So, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Look, liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms, and so does getting your friends to listen to the show and, you know, writing comments too. So, try some of that out and help us out. For Humble and Fred, 
I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're looking for someone on this show who has no interest in soccer whatsoever, look no further than me. And enjoy every your damn day. Get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?